and welcome once again to the Perimeter Church Podcast. Most of us receive gifts of some kind on Christmas, but none can outshine the gift of Jesus himself. Executive Pastor Eric Ryan finishes the series Good News of Great Joy with this Christmas sermon entitled Pondering the Meaning of Christmas, which covers Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, and 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For more information and to watch or hear other sermons, please visit our website at perimeter.org. Thank you for joining us today. We have some special readers with us this morning. Jet is uh, our 10-year-old, and uh, Josie is the oldest Ellington, and they're going to read our scripture. Would you join them and stand as we read from God's word this morning? Good morning, Perimeter Church. This scripture reading is from Colossians 1, chapter 1, verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. These scripture readings are from Hebrews 4.15 and 2 Corinthians 1.20. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you guys. You guys can exit off stage. This morning, would you join me as we read our prayer of illumination together? (laughs) A little Christmas exercise this morning. (laughs) Gracious God, reveal your holy, eternal word to us and introduce us to the knowledge of your will. Where we have erred, correct us. Where we are wounded, heal us. Where we are needy, fill us. Good shepherd, lead In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Well, if Laura can pull off a hymn sing, does anybody have any passage of scripture you want me to preach on (laughs) this morning? Just keep the theme going. No, it is such a joy uh, to be with you this Christmas. Um, As I was even pondering Christmas, right? you can't have Christmas without talking about gifts and pondering the meaning of Christmas and I was thinking, maybe, maybe you've opened that gift before where it's a box and it's got miscellaneous things. I feel like growing up, this was always the present from the grandparents where there was like a hidden check in there that only your parents knew about. And so you'd grab the gift and you'd run off and your parents like, no, 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 there's more. Please make sure you don't forget the check that grandma and grandpa sent to us and make sure that you see that and thank them for it. Maybe you can think of a gift like that where you, 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 uh, you ran away in excitement of that first piece and then you only had to come back later to remember, actually, actually, there's more. And I feel like for us as Christians, especially for us maybe who grew up in a Christian home, Christmas can be a little bit like that. I remember early on as a kid, right, I, I did not see the meaning of Christmas. I honestly, frankly, did not care. Christmas Eve was torture, right? You had to get dressed up. Didn't let you get dressed up. You had to go to church. And the whole time I'm waiting for Christmas Eve or service to be over, so that I can get to the gifts, right? And in that Christmas joy, right? Speaking of Christmas spirit, by the way, I know there's a lot of families here with young kids. That is awesome. And I just wanna let you take a deep breath real quick in this intro even, take a deep breath. 
There's a lot of kids here, and that's okay. In fact, the goal is not that we would get our kids to behave so that we can worship, but today we get to invite them in to worship with us. And I promise you, my seven have already changed rows six times <laughs> since the service started. So take a deep breath and, and just breathe. We're going to enjoy today. But you can, you can think through, right, that a gift like that. And for us as Christians, it's a little bit what Christmas is like. Again, for me growing up, it took me a little while to get even past that kind of little boy phase to just get to the place where, okay, Christmas is about Jesus. Christmas is about the birth of Christ. But I'll be honest, even that stage of just kind of being able to acknowledge what it was for lasted probably longer than it should. And then eventually you were able to kind of connect, why is the birth of Christ good? Well, the birth of Christ, the birth of our King, means salvation. And so then you have Christmas morning where you're still kind of just fighting, but I'm going to be honest, that stage really lasted a long time for me. I would say even well into marriage where it was, again, the, the joy, the good news. That is the good news of Christmas. The king is here and he has saved a people for himself. That is a great place to be on Christmas. But as I was reflecting even a little bit on my Christmas journey as a believer, again, I'm, I'm blessed that I've grown up every single Christmas has been about Jesus. I'm so blessed that my parents did everything that they could with little kid energy to remind us of the meaning of Christmas. But when I look back, and honestly, it's for all the holidays. It's for Holy Week. It's for Christmas. What really became a turning point, and, and the turning point to me was where you, you understand the meaning of Christmas, but maybe the joy and the excitement and the enjoyment of the holidays, not necessarily around that meaning. What really began to shift the joy and the enjoyment of that holiday around the meaning of Christmas was when I began to understand in Scripture that really the greatest gift that God gives to his people is not our salvation. The greatest gift that God gives to, our people, to his people is himself. The greatest gift on Christmas, yes, there, we celebrate that Jesus was born and now salvation has come. You see that in the announcement even of the birth of Christ. God is with us. The greatest gift on Christmas is Jesus. John Piper in his book, God is the Gospel, put it this way. He said, the gospel is the good news of our final and full enjoyment of the glory of God in the face of Christ. That this enjoyment had to be purchased for sinners at the cost of Christ's life makes his glory shine all the more brightly. And that this enjoyment is a free and unmerited gift makes it shine more brightly still. But the price Jesus paid for the gift and the unmerited freedom of the gift are not the gift. The gift is Christ himself as the glorious image of God seen and savored with everlasting joy. My hope today is that I could maybe help you ponder the meaning of Christmas, almost like that annoying sibling that's sitting next to you when you're opening a gift. And they begin to reach their hands in there and go, look, wait, 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 there's more. There's more. And I'm hoping just on this Christmas, I can just give you three ideas to ponder that would hopefully help you connect the enjoyment of the holiday 
right around the meaning of the holiday. The meaning of Christmas, the good news of Christmas is Jesus. We get to know him. We get to delight in him. We get to experience him. And there's three ideas I want to give us to latch on to this morning. The first is this. The glory of God is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. In other words, to simplify it, we now know what God is actually like. Listen to these passages. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Long ago and in many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of God's glory the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. John 1.14 says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In Colossians 1.15, that was read this morning, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, the good news about Jesus is that after centuries and even millennia of wondering what is God like, we now see the image of the invisible God in Jesus Christ who is God. God came and he put on flesh and he dwelt among us. He is the radiance of God's glory, the exact imprint of his nature, and we as his people no longer have to ask, what is God like? The good news of this is it actually answers other questions for us. In other words, what doesn't determine what God is like? Some of the good news of Christmas is that his people don't determine what God is like. We have seen what God is like in Jesus Christ. Know any rough Christians that you don't want to be like? Maybe you're here this morning, and one of the things that's kept you from really latching on to the meaning of Christmas is that you frankly look around at his people, and you're a bit disappointed. You see an anxious people. You see a frustrated people. Sometimes you see an argumentative people, but the good news of Christmas is that those people are the ones that he came to save. Yes, we as his people are the light and the salt of the world, right? We, we shine images and flashes of what God is like, but we are still a broken people. And the good news of, Christian, or, or of Christmas is we don't longer have to ponder what is God like, but we can look into the scriptures and we can see what Jesus was like and we can celebrate it. What doesn't determine what God is like is frankly my parents. Maybe you're here and you grew up in a Christian home, but you're really struggling to latch on to believe that Jesus is who he says he was because you see inconsistency. As a, as a parent, one of the best gifts I can give to my kids is, yes, to have moments, have good moments where I can let them taste the goodness of a good father. 
But far more often than that, I'm having to remind my kids that I am a broken image of who God is. Far more often than that, I have to remind them, hey, hey, dad just raised his voice at you. Jesus doesn't have to do that. Hey, dad didn't go and meet you where you were in that moment the way that he should have. Jesus is right there with you. Dad forgot to snuggle with you last night. Jesus is always with you. The good news of Christmas is that other people, even my parents, they don't determine, they don't determine what God is like. The good news of Christmas is we know, we know what God is like. The last thing that doesn't determine what God is like is my own thoughts and wanderings. In weak moments, right, we can be reading through Scripture and we could go, man, God seems harsh. Maybe God even at times seems weak to you. You look around at a broken world and you say, where is he? Maybe he seems detached. But in Jesus, we see God's posture towards the poor. We see his gentleness towards the weak. We don't have to wonder, are people weak and struggling and frail because God has cursed them? No. Because we look at Jesus and we see his love and his posture towards the weak and the humble. We see him teach on the humble being exalted and what true Christian leadership looks like. We see that he is a God who would choose a manger over a palace, a cross, over an easier form of life, a time period with less medicine and technology, fishermen over the elites and the most educated, you and me over the strongest and most independent. What is God like? He's like Jesus. We see his, God's clear correction of a people who seem to have it all together but mock God in their self-righteousness. We don't have to ask, well, if God was here, how would he teach on money or prayer or fasting or worry or anger or adultery or giving or mission or kingdom of God? We see all this in Jesus. We don't have to question his power. We see Jesus show up on the scene and it's not like the enemy and the demons talk to him and it's a one-on-one -on -one even fight. There is no dualism. It is not light versus darkness, and we stand back and we're just wondering what's going to happen, but we see a God who shows up on the scene, and immediately the demons go, have mercy on us. Why are you here this early? Because we see his power in the face of Jesus Christ. We see his power to change storms and control nature, to raise the dead, and to miraculously provide all of this is seen in Jesus. We've quoted it many times here at Perimeter, but in Michael Reeves' Rejoicing in Christ, there is no God in heaven unlike Jesus Christ. The idea to ponder this morning is that the good news of Christmas is we now know what God is like. Number two, he was born in the likeness of men. In other words, he actually gets what you're going through right now. Another way to say this is he actually knows what you're like. In Philippians 2, it says, Let each of you not look to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. 
Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. One of the ideas in my own kind of personal walk with God this year that God has really been uh, pressing into my heart is that being sinful and being finite are not the same thing. Again, being sinful and being finite are not the same thing. Jesus came and he put on human flesh and he was born as a helpless baby. Jesus dealt with sickness and fatigue. He dealt with hunger and frustration. Jesus looked at the world the same way you and I look at the world. He saw the brokenness in the world and there was frustration there, holy frustration, but frustration nonetheless. The Bible tells us that Jesus had to learn obedience. He had to struggle to learn for for the kids in the room. You get frustrated at school. You get frustrated trying to learn and trying to keep up. You get frustrated at home feeling like you're constantly being coached and having to learn. Growing up is not easy. And Jesus gets it. Jesus had to grow up. He had to learn. The Bible says he even had to learn obedience. The struggle to work. In a fallen world, I was reading a book one time that asked the question, was Jesus' perfection, with Jesus' perfection, was it necessary for him to be the best carpenter in Nazareth? Was it necessary for him to get the best grades in class? Things in scripture would point otherwise. Yes, he did it with perfect integrity. He did it sinless before the Father and before others. But he had to struggle to work in a fallen world. There are lots of forms of anxiety, but Jesus clearly dealt with a sinless anxiety. Jesus needed the Father and leaned into the Father. He relied on the Father to protect, to provide, to lead, to clarify. We saw his perfect reliance on God the Father. He had spontaneous problems come across his plate. He had parents He had to care for, even to the point of the cross, where we see him look to John and look at his mother Mary and say, John, this is your mother. Take take care of her. We see he had friends he needed to make, siblings to grow up with, temptations to overcome, loneliness that had to be experienced, and pain that he had to endure, even the cross. What's the good news of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. The good news is we don't serve a God who's looking down on us and saying, would you get it together? Why is this world such a struggle for you? Why can't you stay healthy? Why are you anxious in a troubled world? Why can't you get more done? But Jesus put on human flesh, and he experienced finitude. He experienced frailty. He experienced fatigue, 
and tiredness. He experienced hunger, all those things. His good news. Because now I can go to him and I can be honest about what I'm walking through. I can even analyze my own load and my own life and know that he understands what it means to be human. That's a part of my call as a Christian, is to be human. Hebrews 4.15 says it in an awesome way. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, and yet without sin. Number three, all God's promises find a yes in Jesus Christ. In other words, Christmas is proof that God keeps his promises. I think if we're honest, right, we look at the world around us. We even look at what's going on in nature. There is a giant ice storm. Anybody pick up on that this week? Right, we see the brokenness around us. You only have to flip on your phone for a few seconds and you get headline after headline of what's going on in our country and all over the world. And sometimes, I think if we're honest, sometimes we're like, Lord, where are you? Come, Lord Jesus, come. It has been 2,000 years since the first Christmas. Would you come? But Christmas is a reminder for us as his people that from Eve to the first Christmas was also thousands of years. And God kept his promise. And the promise that we get to hold on to and treasure this Christmas is the promise that Jesus, even as he was ascending into heaven, said, I shall return. And that revelation promises it's going to be different. And the king will return and he will make all things new. And on Christmas, we remember that he had a people who were waiting. He had a people who were waiting for the Messiah, waiting for the one who would save them from their sins. And he fulfilled that promise. And joy comes into our hearts on Christmas because we remember, yes, we've been waiting for 2,000 years for the king to return. We've been waiting for 2,000 years for him to make all things new and to rule and to reign, for there to be no more sin, no more tears. And we look at Christmas and we remember the God we serve keeps his promises. So we continue to wait. We continue to say, come Lord Jesus, come. And we sit on the fact that in Jesus, we know what God is like. We know his posture towards the sinner, his posture towards the weak. In Jesus, on Christmas, we celebrate that he gets our fatigue. He gets what it's like to be human. And on Christmas, we remember that we are still waiting on another promise promise of his return when he will make all things right and on Christmas we see everything that God pulled off to fulfill that first promise and we worship and we wait let's pray 
Jesus, Merry Christmas. Jesus, thank you for everything that today means to us. Lord, would you help us? Would you help our hearts to see your face, to look at you in your word, to learn more of what you are like so that we can know, we can know what our God is like. Jesus, would you, would you help us when we are feeling broken, when we are feeling like we can't approach you, when we feel like we're not enough, Lord, would you remind us that you know exactly what it's like to be human? And Lord, would we feel, Lord, would we feel close to you in those moments? Would we feel strengthened in those moments? Whether we're coming, overcoming sickness, or brokenness, where the Lord, we're just overwhelmed by the brokenness of the world around us, where we're struggling to accomplish the things that are all on our lists and our plates. Lord, in those moments, would you remind us of your humanity? And would you help us? And Lord, we confess. Lord, we confess this morning that we cannot wait for your return. Lord, would you help us to look at Christmas and let it strengthen our resolve as we wait would you help us to look at christmas lord with joy seeing how you pulled everything off to fulfill your promise from genesis 3 on thank you lord for rescuing us as your people thank you for this great day it's in jesus name we pray amen You've been listening to the Perimeter Church Sermon Podcast. Perimeter Church is located at the corner of Highway 141 and Old Alabama Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit our website at www.perimeter.org for more information, to give us your feedback, and to find other sermons from our teaching team. Thanks for making this podcast a part of your day.